0: good y'all welcome to the onyx report where we as black male justice advocates uplift black men and boys using critical analysis hope y'all are well uh yeah got spider webs all kind of stuff on me i was i was cleaning out the garage in the backyard and uh we'll be going back out to do so when we are done i wanted to get this show in you see i'm sweating trying to get it all together you know, but it's one of those days where, you know, it actually feels good to catch up on all that stuff you've been, you know, putting off for a long time. Doesn't help that it's 104 degrees, but it's all good. I feel good about it. Feel good about it. So shout out to Barry Little, who uh, is, has, is doing, you know, incredible work in the comments section. I appreciate you, brother. I'm listening. What's up? Uh, shout out to Rashid and Ron. Appreciate the support, Barry. Uh, what's up, Reform Ray Ray? Got Nim in the house. What's up, Donnie? You know, Greg, Prince Johnny, Golden Child. How y'all doing? Ahmed, what's good? You know? Mm. Man, dehydrated myself. But it's uh, it's all to the good. I'm telling you, man, I'm having an absolutely fabulous day. I'm on some ice cube, it was a good day type shit. I am really, really good. You know, shout out to uh, a cat named Thomas. He knows who he is. You know, I got an invite today to uh, speak at Harvard, so I'm kind of excited about that. Kind of came out of the blue. You know, right around the same time period. You know, got a notification that all my school loans have been forgiven. Uh, so that kind of uh, has been a going. Pro- it's been a process the last few months, but nonetheless blew me out of my chair because i figured i'd be paying that till i died so uh you know all of that stuff has been good so i'm grinding you know getting back into it almost done with the book proposal uh so that's going pretty well so it's all to the good you know I, i have nothing to complain about you know things are are going well son started his senior year uh so you know he's off to a good start he's enjoying it which is something i'm i'm it's always good to hear you know when you have a black boy or a black young man who is excited about school who's excited about his classes i mean he's excited about this look this is the thing he's not just excited about his classes he's excited about things he's gonna learn in like three months like i never had that as a kid i was either excited about what we were doing or i was tolerating it my son is excited about things that will come in a few months in the classroom so, you know, when I think about how much, you know, stress I gave my parents out there acting a fool, <laughs> I am like, yo, I'm blessed. So I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm good. Um, now, that isn't to say that the show can't always use support. I don't want to give you that impression, but I do want to say that sometimes when you're just having a good damn day, you need to tell people about it. so We can remind folks that they exist, especially if you ain't thought about it in a while. So it's good, y'all like, share, subscribe, join, and donate, support the show if you would. You can see the various options on doing so on the screen. Uh, become a Patreon member. You can support both the Onyx Report and the Institute for Black Male Studies. So, uh, you know, please make sure you do so. But yo, feeling good. Absolutely feeling good. Um, oh, and then I got one of those letters in the mail that says, uh, you know, by the way, don't forget your, your, your car payments are done in a few months. And it's like, Yo, I'm 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 driving some stuff that I thoroughly enjoy driving. It is not anything brand new, you know what I mean. It's not an, an expensive, you know, six-figure car. Some shit that I like, but when you get them kind of, you know, notes, you know, because I usually don't, I don't read a lot of mail from my bills. You know, I'm just, I just pay it and leave it alone. They was like, yeah, you're almost done. I'm like, word, good to know, you know. So I got a little while left. But absolutely, D, you know, when you win and you win winning. So it's like, oh, I'm in a good space. I'm in a good space, y'all. So, um, but like I said, you know, it's uh busy Mike, What's up? Hakeem, appreciate that support. Victor, appreciate that support. Thank you very much. Uh, not a new camera. I actually have the window open. So, you know, I, I got the sunlight coming in. So that's what it is. Um, yeah, exactly, Greg, new cars ain't worth the price. My car ain't new, but I'll tell you this. If you see me rolling down the street, you'll never forget it. Um, it, it's, it's, it. There's a way to be creative and different that doesn't have to be expensive. And that's how I do it. That's how I do it. I got a convertible, a convertible SUV and I ain't mad about it. I enjoy my shit the way I enjoy my shit. But anyway, good day. You know, I'm, um, I'm enjoying it. Ghetto user, appreciate that support. And I also appreciate the comment you left in uh, one of the last posts. Uh, appreciate that um to support the scholar. Yeah. Dardar, what's up? Um so yo man, I'm just in a real good space, you know. My son came in smiling, you know, 104 degree weather. He comes home smiling about stuff he's about to do in class. I'm like, man, it don't get better than that. Don't get better than that. Uh so yo. Uh you want me to show the whip? Huh? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that, man. I can't be having people know too much, man. You gotta... <laughs> but uh no it's not a so uh Vicky I don't know if that's how I pronounce your name Vic I might have misunderstood but no nah, it's not a so Soul. so um Chef Mike what's up man good to see you in here yo so we're gonna get a co- couple preliminaries uh out the way you know um I want to shout out some things that uh I want to celebrate like I said we got some good news going on and I want to I want to celebrate that Greg appreciate the cash app Spain man, what's up? Um, I ain't driving it yet. We working at that. We working at that. We dealing with permit issues and DMV. Y'all know what it is. So anyway, let's see. So let's start with it. Y'all know the deal. Onyx Report. We are black male justice advocates. We are basically advocating for um, humanization of black males. Really, that's really what it comes down to. And we use data uh, as opposed to stereotype or assumptions break down black male life. So tonight will be a little different because we're talking about a slightly different issue, but it is what it is. There's the membership options for those who want to become members on YouTube, so please consider that. There are various levels and uh, you're welcome to participate. Just click uh, these join button right next to the subscribe button below if you're on YouTube. We're also broadcasting from uh, interlightradio.com, which is black owned, so support Interlight Radio. Uh, you can go to inter, you know go to the website and listen to it there if you so choose. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, um tw- uh, Twitch and Twitter, broadcasting live, uh going from there. I tried to do Instagram, but every time I turn it on while I'm doing the show, it just doesn't stay connected. So it's probably my feed. Um, Inye, if I pronounce that right, appreciate the support. It says uh, happy loan forgiveness day. <laughs> You and your son go have a drink or ice cream or whatever on me. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. It, I'll put it to you this way. Yeah, you know, most of the people I went to school with working on my doctorate, most of the black folk um, probably had a couple, close to a couple hundred, somewhere between one hundred thirty dollars and $200,000 in school loans. Put it to you that way. 130 and 200 thousand dollars in school loans. we pretty much expected we were going to be paying the rest of our lives so you know when you get a letter saying your shit is forgiven and you don't got to pay no more it's like yo word okay did not think that was something that was ever going to happen anytime soon so yeah um you see people with a doctorate degree unless they got scholarships grants unless they were able to hell maybe even rich parents trust me when i tell you they had to do some stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, Joshua, it's expensive. It really is. And I went to the Claremont colleges. So you had, you know, you had white cats who were going, who were in their upper thirties who had never had a job before whose parents were paying for their schooling out of pocket. And then you had black folk that were just taking up loans, trying to graduate. You know, and that's what it was. Um, I worked four jobs, one full-time and several part, three part-time jobs all the way through uh, took care of a family and yo almost had to drop out a couple times working on the dissertation just behind you know paying paying fees so that this is expensive um and it's a load off to be able to navigate it without it so anyway uh what's up bgs see you in the house hope you're well um what's up, prodigy i see you in there so yeah things are good things are good um opening up all kinds of new opportunities around the corner So we're gonna start out today with something I haven't done in a while. We're gonna look at the uh, Sacred Black Masculine series because we got a couple pieces of good news to celebrate uh, as far as some of the youth is concerned. So uh, let me see here. Let's start with our first one here. This young man here, you can find an article on him and I'll, I'll include all the links that I'm going to go over tonight in the description box as usual. But this you can find on ScholarshipRegion.com. Um, this is dated August 14th and it's titled 24-year-old man who worked as a waste collector to fund his education graduates from U.S. University set to become doctor of law. Right? Um, exceptional 24-year-old man named Ryan Staten uh, or Staten has finally bagged a Doctor of Law degree from the prestigious Harvard Law School in the United States. Um, Rian, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly, so I apologize. Uh, Rian Stanton is uh, in his early academic journey, faced challenges funding his education, just got through talking about that, before gaining admission into Harvard Law School. He worked as a waste collector to fund his Bachelor of Arts degree program at the University of Maryland in College Park, Maryland in the United States. Speaking on how he struggled to secure funds for his education, Reinstaten narrated um, that he uh, spent years waking up in the early morning hours to collect trash before attending class at the University of Maryland. Now, I should say, um, I have family that have done that. You know, I watched my father do that, which is one of the reasons I'm here. Appreciate that support, Moonwalker. you know, my father collected trash. My father started, a, he and his wife started a, a, a janitorial business. You know, they did all kinds of stuff. My mother, you know, worked odd jobs wherever she could uh, just to get my my sister and I in school. And my—and we're both professors based on the sacrifices that others made. So I have nothing but respect uh, for people that do what they got to do to get where they got to get to. And all the stories and the movies we hear are always on some fantastical, you know, uh crime heist or whatever but you know for everyday people you know they just did what they had to do and that's one of the lessons we learned growing up you know so when my son needed to eat my wife was in and out of the hospital i got another job That's that's what it was you know so uh shout out to this young man for that uh says uh let me see uh he recalled that the job left him no time to shower and that he often sat in the back of his lecture halls to steer clear of classmates. He also narrated that his father and brother sacrificed a lot for him to achieve success in his academic journey. says, my mom abandoned my dad, my brother, and I when she moved back to Sri Lanka, okay? I was probably too young to notice some of the things that happened, but I know it was bad. He told the newspaper, um, things just kept falling on us. My dad lost his job at one point, had to start working three jobs in order to provide for us. It got to the point where I barely got to see my father and a lot of my childhood was very lonely. Uh, Statin, uh, or Staten, however, struggled hard and had to sign up as a sanitation worker after getting lots of rejections from colleges in the U.S. He later got recommended by a professor at Bowie State University and later transferred to the University of Maryland, where he earned a bachelor's degree in history. Uh, studying in the U.S. offers you a lot of opportunities, um, you know, uh, that goes to the website. So, anyway, uh, so shout out to this young man, right? Um, we have one more wanted to acknowledge let's see here this one you can find on afrotech.com right it's entitled this 14 year old student double majored in physics and chemical engineering is set to graduate in may 2023 uh says we love to see a black student soar academically elijah presiley i believe it is in particular is a young genius who only at 14 years old is on his way to securing his bachelor's degree According to WBRZ2 of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, native currently attends Southern University uh, where he's a junior, double majoring in physics and chemical engineering. In 2019, the science whiz, aged 11 at the time, became became the school's youngest person to receive a full ride scholarship. While already balancing two rigorous STEM majors, the full-time student and published author is also juggling his interests in other fields. He's able to speak up about his own differences or his own challenges said his mother, Pamela Persily, Um, even when it comes to classes. He said he was taking physics and chemical engineering, but he also literally would say, I want to make sure I can get a business class in there. Although he has multiple achievements under his belt, uh, he's more focused on being a source of encouragement and inspiration for others. Uh, He says, well, I don't look uh, for just breaking records. I look for changing lives. And in that, I will break records. Um, my first priority is to be a shining light to help others. And the second priority is to make sure that I help like me, I help people like me and people who want to connect with me. So, shout out to this young man um, whose name again is Elijah. You know what I mean? So, as we do on the Onyx Report, we try and acknowledge, um, you know, when we run across black men that are doing the fantastical things that many of us do on a day to day basis, even. When there's no acknowledgement, you know, and for the most part it goes silent. We want to take a moment to uh, sort of tip the hat, as it were, to acknowledge these young brothers. So shout out to them, All right? Straight up, uh, Paul Abram. Welcome to the honest Report Brotherhood. Good to have you. Appreciate that. Uh, what's up, Micah? Clutch and stick. What's going on, Prodigy? I see you. Mad villainy in there, Golden Child. What's going on? Yeah. Um. This one is a little strange and I um, figured, uh, what's going on Arson, good to see you in here man uh, This is a public service announcement about um, stuff that I think black men need to help prevent and make our presence felt about and I got, I, I got no one to thank but Marcus or Keep It 100 for sending this mess to me <laughs> Little shout out to him but Uh, I'm not going to put her name out here, but, you know, this is an image he sent me. I did go to the Facebook page and I saw it. Um, You know, this is the kind of thing that we we, we definitely have to be present about, because when I talk about um, the boundaries between sons and mothers, especially in single parent households that are female led, um, there needs to be a disruption of some of the things that take place without any pushback. And this is an example of that kind of thing. Um, you know. Now, when I was looking at the comments on it, I would say it's a rough statement, but nonetheless, I would split it almost down a gender line. You had women that were complimenting how cute and adorable these images were. You had men saying, hold up, what the hell is this? This is not appropriate, right? This is the kind of thing that we definitely got to be, you know, we got to be outspoken about. And so if you're in a situation where you don't have uh, custody of your sons and this is happening, see, we have these conversations when it comes to girls, right? We have a, there's a, there's a societal distrust of men with daughters that don't have grown women in the house, right? You you can't even sit next to a child, let alone a female child on a plane as a man. Like there, there are all kinds of things that people are geared to look at when it comes to adult men and little girls. We don't have that kind of framework when it comes to boys. And there have been many an occasion where even celebrities have come out and talked about their experiences as young boys and young men, right? In terms of how they've been treated, you know, sexual assault, various things they've experienced, but we still don't have a sort of collective um, warning, you know, that comes out whenever we see boys in an environment where there are no other males. And, you know, it doesn't have to be outright, um, what would you call it? You know open sex as it were but there are levels to this and there are ways that this kind of thing needs to be checked right there need to be boundaries you know there need to be boundaries this is inappropriate this is not acceptable you know if we if you know anything about the spider-man movies you know Uh, The initial Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, this was, you know, a love kiss between Spider-Man and Mary J, where he's upside down hanging on a web and they're tongue kissing. Now, if you're going to if you're going to recreate this kind of imagery with your child, you know, kiss the child on the forehead. I mean, if the child is adamant about wanting to do it, but this is inappropriate. It's inappropriate. You know. And if anything else is going on, most people wouldn't even, most people wouldn't even imagine that it is, but this is, this is the kind of stuff that we have to actually call out and we have to challenge. Now, I'm not saying that she's gone further than this. All I'm saying is it's not appropriate. It really isn't. You know, what it's akin to, you know, if I can go Disney princess for a moment, you know, um, if you think about, I don't know, anything like Snow White she's being you know awakened from you know a long sleep with a romantic kiss from a prince that would be you know like a father and daughter in a picture and the daughter's dressed like snow white laying down and he's you know giving her a long kiss you don't do that nobody would nobody would accept a father doing that taking a picture with his daughter where she's snow white and he's the prince kissing her that's not appropriate we seem to know that when it comes to fathers and men when the situation is flipped, it's interesting. And a lot of the women that were commenting would not hold her accountable. The men were, which is a change I'm happy to see actually. Because again, in the last five years, I've seen men starting to speak out in ways that I've never known them to. And I'm happy to see it. But more often than not, you know, um, the women will not hold other women accountable. And when they do, they've reported About being uh, you know Attacked on social media by other women Right so many of them won't Speak up there's a small collective Of them them that do But But it's not acceptable So we got to call this out He said Chef Chef Mike says My wife damn near fell out when I showed her the pic (laughs) Exactly man This kind of mess we got to challenge so that's it. I just wanted to get that out there as a public service announcement uh, as fathers, you know, uh, get involved in your, your, your child's life. You know, part of what you need to do is make sure that uh, your sons in particular are being treated well. We don't think about the sons. We, we, we all have a kind of a generic sensibility about protecting women's uh, or girls, I should say, chastity their well-being, and I'm not saying that that's always successful. Of course, young girls get violated in all kinds of problematic ways. Never saying that that doesn't happen. What I am saying is we do have a collective sense that it's wrong. We do have a collective sense that, you know, if you have a little girl around a grown man, most people are gonna look twice. If you're a father walking through the grocery store with your little daughter, some people are just gonna look at you a little longer than they would be otherwise. Simply because we have that kind of warning that men can do these things to girls. We don't have that with boys. Boys remain vulnerable and nobody really thinks about what's going on with them. Shout out to Negro, Appreciate that support. He said, let's break some bread here, people. The brothers Producing quality scholarship for our collective edification. In the spirit of KS, let's continue the legacy of excellence and achievement. Much appreciated, man. Thank you. You know, shout out to BGS. These are the kind of things we talk about on how we can push you know the next level for black men and use the momentum that we built up in these spaces to actually change our quality of life right. so let's get into it so today i wanted to share with you some stuff that came across my desk um that was quite interesting having to do with uh some improprieties that are a little connected in a way to what I just showed you, but then again, not so. Let me kind of set it up here. I'm still a little rusty on some of this. Ah, good, caught it, had it on the wrong setting, so that should work. So, let me go ahead and share it if I can. Hmm. hmm. Easiest way to do this. Okay, so I'm probably going to need you guys to tell me if you can hear this as soon as I find it. Okay, it's not coming up. Interesting. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, let me try it another way. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Share video file. All right, let's try that. Uh, yeah. so uh, put, a, put a one in the chat if you can hear it when I bring it up, um, hopefully you can. So here we go. And we begin tonight with a story that you'll only see here on Fox. An employee with Child Protective Services is caught on camera telling a 14-year-old girl in foster care to become a prostitute. That's right. And this girl is one of hundreds of kids in CPS custody living in hotels all over the state. Fox 26's Randy Wallace, live from Southwest. Houston here with this story. Randy the Exclusive.
1: Yeah, Jonathan. Now, earlier this year, a federal judge uh, scorned Child Protective Services for making kids available for prostitution in the CPS system. Now we have a case where an employee with that state agency is actually encouraging prostitution of a 14 year old child. There'll be a, home, there'll be a real. Home. Wouldn't they remove a child from a parent that told their child to be a prostitute? They
0: should. And they would.
1: Keisha Basley has nine kids. She turned to Child Protective Services to help her with her 14-year-old daughter, who she says was running away and causing trouble at school.
0: My daughter told me that the worker had been telling her that she should do these things, so she said she decided to video her. You hear somebody, CPS is
1: housing the girl at a hotel she's one of dozens in Harris County in the video she tells the CPS employee she wants food the CPS worker tells her to be a prostitute I mean she was basically encouraging a 14 year old
0: girl to become a prostitute and giving her an incentive to do so and almost a threat of not having her needs being met if she didn't do what this woman very explicitly told her to do. If I, me, the parent, was to do something like this to my child, I would be bashed. I would be called a horrible parent. I would lose my kids. Get your in room. Vasily
1: filed a formal complaint with CPS. This should not happen to girls
0: in their care. This should not happen. This is unacceptable.
1: Jamie Masters, the commissioner of CPS, came to Houston to personally apologize to Basley and her
0: daughter. I've never seen that happen before, where a commissioner of CPS comes in from Austin uh, just to apologize about something that's horrible that's been done to a child and a parent involved with CPS. I do not believe that that was genuine. I really don't. It's bad enough if it's one rogue caseworker. It concerns me that it may be bigger than that. And, and they need to investigate this and make sure that it's not just one person. And they've got to figure out a way to protect these kids.
1: CPS sent us the following prepared statement. DFPS is aware of the video and has taken action. The person in the video who was employed as CPS support staff was dismissed from her position August 10th. The safety and appropriateness with which children in care must be treated is our paramount concern. Nothing less will be tolerated. Reporting live from the Southwest side, Randy Wallace, Fox 26 News.
0: So that's what we're dealing with, folks. That's what we're dealing with. We're at a point where we actually had a CPS worker trying to, you know, mentor a young woman into prostitution. Right? In essence, trafficking. Now, of course, what I'm under what I've understood is that the woman lost her job, so on and so forth. But one of the things I wanted to kind of do today is walk through a little bit um, on this whole question of trafficking. And much of the time, when you think about trafficking, what we're urged to think about, of course, is men and the role men play in trafficking. And obviously, when you apply that to the black community, most people's first assumption would be that it's a black man trying to, you know, get this young girl into some type of prostitution. Right? But what happens when black men don't have anything to do with it? What do we do? What happens when men are not part of the story on the table as far as trafficking or the potential of it even right do we know how to hold women accountable and i've said this for years we don't we do not as a western culture have a dynamic in place where we can conceptualize female acts of evil the the you know what the fallout of that is that women generally aren't you know, uh, don't experience repercussions the same way men do. We already know that when it comes to sentencing, women are sentenced 65% less than men for the same same crimes. And when you start talking about juries, juries tend to be far more um, empathetic toward women. They they tend to assume that she has or whatever the v- woman in question is, may have been violated by a man in some kind of way, whether it's in the situation or even in her childhood. In other words, we, we we don't have a sense of how to hold women accountable. So we find ways to subtly blame men for women's actions, even when those women are grown or adult, you know, elderly, even. We, we still have, we still go out of our way to find men to criminalize because we do not know how to hold women accountable. Now this woman apparently lost her job. I haven't heard that anything beyond that has taken place. You tell me if you had a male, um, you know, Uh, worker social worker working with kids trying to solicit them in the prostitution does it just end at that are charges filed does he have to go to court might he be arrested that day the reports i read on it i hadn't heard anything about her being arrested if that's happened since in a new report that i haven't seen yet notice that it wasn't a part of what we heard initially Part of the reason I think for that is, again, we don't know how to conceptualize female acts of evil. That's one of the problems that we have. Now, I can't find it right at this moment, but I will try to add it to the uh, description box a little bit later. I interviewed a gentleman last year, a scholar, who came up and did an analysis and shared his research on uh, the experience of black boys and, and, tra- and sex trafficking. In fact, let me see if I can find it by putting that in. Um, cause the brother was brilliant and I need to actually uh, catch up with him to see if I can get him back. Um, let me see. he's uh, not coming up. Damn. I just saw it the other day and I'm not able to find it, but I will find it and I'll post it. But he did some uh, brilliant work looking at the role that black boys go through. That's for the most part disregarded by the larger society and uh this past time that we reconcile with that and so some of what he was talking about was the extreme numbers of black males solicited and even kidnapped into trafficking and there are different types of trafficking particularly for boys there is a sex trafficking industry there's also a labor trafficking issue that goes on um but again black boys are kind of you know underestimated in that regard they're kind of disregarded in terms of the seriousness of it. Uh, damn it. I was hoping he would pop up. Like I literally ran into the video twice in the last 48 hours. And then now that I'm actively looking for it, it's not coming up. I wanted to shout the brother's name out. But again, I will find it. I will put it in the description box because it is a show that I recommend you watch. Rewatch if you if you're a you know longtime supporter because I had not heard anybody else talk about this. Um I rarely look my look up my own name and YouTube and it's interesting. You start seeing how many people are using your content to talk about you. It's not always good, but anyway. I'll find them and I'll put it in there. But anyway, the point being, black boys do grapple with this. They do experience it. it, it they do experience it. It doesn't come up in public discourse very often. You don't find very many publications, you don't find very many scholars. Who do that research and then you don't find very many that are willing to be public. Often the assumption, especially if they're male researchers, is that something is wrong with them, they are inherently misogynistic, and as I spoke to one scholar earlier today about, the accusations on being misogynistic don't actually have to do with you being misogynistic. It can simply be that you decided to focus your research, even if it's one paper, on black males. gentlemen, gentleman I was talking to gave a presentation as a graduate student at a conference on black fathers. He was attacked by the audience, mostly feminist, because he didn't do the project on women. He was called a misogynist, not because of anything he said, but simply because he did a project studying men. And this is where we are. We are at a point where academic bullying is through the roof and most men won't speak on it most men in the academy that have experienced it won't they're often afraid of the repercussions and this bleeds out into the subject matter that matters most to black boys and men right so again in terms of trafficking there's a whole you know there's a whole wealth of data on black boys and black men who are dealing with both sex trafficking and labor trafficking that nobody talks about but in this instance we're just talking talking about different aspects of trafficking and i wanted to share some information um with you guys about different aspects you know different uh issues regarding trafficking that i think are worthy of uh some discussion all right so this is the first one up this is a piece you can find on the united nations website right unodc report on human human trafficking exposes modern form of slavery I thought this would be an interesting one to share, Um, so I'll just go through a little bit of it. Subtitle reads, A Global Report on Trafficking in Persons, launched today by the UN uh, Office on Drugs and Crime, provides new information on a crime that shames us all. Based on data gathered from 155 countries, it offers the first global assessment of the scope of human trafficking and what is being done to fight it. It includes an overview of trafficking patterns, legal steps taken in response, And country-specific information on reported cases of trafficking in persons victims and prosecutions at the launch of the report in new york the executive director of unodc antonio maria costa um antonio maria interesting costa said that many governments are still in denial there's even neglect when it comes to either report on either reporting on or prosecuting cases of human trafficking he pointed to the fact that the that while the number of convictions for human trafficking is increasing, two out of every five countries covered by the UNODC report had not recorded a single conviction, right? Um, Now, let me see. This is the part that I thought would be of interest to you all. According to the report, the most common form of human trafficking, 79%, is sexual exploitation. The victims of sexual exploitation are predominantly women and girls. Surprisingly, in 30% of the countries which provided information on the gender of traffickers, women make up the largest proportion of traffickers. In some parts of the world, women trafficking women is the norm. The second most common form of human trafficking is forced labor at 18%, although this may be a misrepresentation because forced labor is less frequently detected and reported than trafficking for sexual exploitation. So, In other words... Labor trafficking is not as sexy to the media as sex sex trafficking. So we actually don't have a sense of how large it is. And, you know, labor and sex trafficking have been going on for centuries, so neither is new. But to what extent Black boys in particular and Black men find themselves in these scenarios, we have no serious record of. It continues worldwide almost 20% of all trafficking victims are children however in some parts of africa and the and the mekong region children are the majority up to 100% in parts of west africa so a couple things here right we know that uh, 20% of trafficking are uh, is children so there are parts of africa where that is 100% right um we know that labor trafficking is diminished in its importance to the public and we start to get this inclination that women may participate in trafficking in ways that western media doesn't really double down on you know again the scenarios the movies the you know the the kind of things we see just confirm that trafficking is mainly something that uh women experience at the hands of men now this is another scenario i thought might be of interest sorry i was trying to find my on some shoes uh any of you guys have any information on where to find shoe sizes overnight size 19 size 20 uh hit me up with a message in the comment section a link i'm always looking for something right where i can put something on his feet anyway private school founder pleads guilty to human trafficking this you can find on the wsoctv.com site right this is dated 2018 but i thought it relevant so this is uh charlotte north carolina when Evelyn Mack was in federal court a few months ago, she said she not, she was not, not excuse me, she said she was not guilty and asked for a jury trial. Monday, Mack admitted she's guilty in a uh, case involving human trafficking. The government said Mack set up a private school in Charlotte and used it to promise foreign teens they would play at a prominent school uh, with scholarship offers. So I enlarge that a bit. Um, instead, prosecutors said, Those athletes vanished in the hands of recruiters and basketball coaches. Some reappeared in towns more than 100 miles away, and others were missing for months. The government said Mack made around $75,000 by hiding 75 foreign student athletes who were in the country illegally. Mack could face a lot of time in prison by pleading guilty, but as part of her agreement, the deal all but guarantees she won't be sentenced to anything more than 10 years. We're still probably in the middle phase of the process, and we're looking forward to everything being good for Ms. Mack, Mack's attorney said. uh, Prosecutors are still putting together their final recommendations when it comes to Mack's time in prison, and until that's settled, Mack will stay out of jail on bond. When Channel 9's Mark Becker asked if Mack had any remorse for what she had done, she did not answer. Her attorney answered for her. Does she have any remorse, any apologies, all things in their time, my friend, and this is not that time, the attorney said. That ain't some shit. Yeah. Evelyn Mack. Now, see, I know that on YouTube, particularly in the manosphere, if you're talking talking about something like trafficking, it's not necessarily considered the most exciting topic, but that's part of why I'm doing it. We got to broaden what we look at and we got to broaden how we understand things because the things we're talking about have weight in other areas. And fixating on black men's and boys' experiences is important to that discussion. So I hope we we do it. Now, this is one I thought you guys might find interesting. This comes from US News, NBCnews.com. Judges who sent children to for-profit jails for kickbacks ordered to pay more than $200 dollars in damages. Mark shear shear, I guess that's she Varela. You know, March here, Varela and Michael Conahan shut down a, a country or county run juvenile detention center and accepted $2.8 million in illegal payments from the builder and co owner of two for profit lockups. Yeah. So, again, theme of today's show is what happens when trafficking has nothing to do with black men. Do we talk about it? Is it addressed in the way that it would be? You know, be interesting to see. This is dated August 17th of this year. Two Pennsylvania judges who orchestrated a scheme to send children to for-profit jails in exchange for kickbacks were ordered to pay more than $200 million to uh, to hundreds who fell victim to their crimes, right? U.S. District Judge Christopher Connor awarded 106 million in compensatory damages and 100 million in punitive damages to nearly 300 people in a long-running civil suit against the judges, writing, the plaintiffs are the tragic human casualties of a scandal of epic proportions. Mark Varella and another judge, Ma- uh, Michael Conahan, shut down a county-run juvenile detention center and accepted $2.8 million uh, in illegal payments from the builder and co-owner of two for-profit lockups. Varella, who presided over juvenile court, uh, pushed a zero-tolerance policy that guaranteed large numbers of kids would be sent to PA Child Care and its sister facility, Western PA Childcare. Tia ordered children as young as eight to detention, many of them first-time offenders, convicted of petty theft and other minor crimes. The judge offered, often ordered youth he had found delinquent to be immediately shackled, handcuffed, and taken away without giving uh, them a chance to say goodbye to their families. Tia and Conahan abandoned their oath and breached the public trust. Connor wrote Tuesday in his explanation of the judgment, their cruel and despicable actions victimized a vulnerable population of young people, many of whom were suffering from emotional issues and mental health concerns. Right, Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out some 4,000 juvenile convictions after the scheme was uncovered. Now, what's interesting about this is it's very reminiscent of what took place, especially with Black men, um, right after enslavement. You know, Black men uh, you know, were often... Um, arbitrarily locked up and put into anything from coal mines to railroads and often had to work the entirety of the rest of their lives, often worked to death and buried in a potter's field, some of whom are just being found now, right? We're finding in the last five years, corporations are, you know, are, are kind of, you know, news articles are coming up about corporations having potter's fields that go back over a century where bodies were just buried arbitrarily after they literally died on the job. This is something black men experience Uh, early on. This was a way of reacquiring free labor after the formal end of slavery uh, throughout much of the South, right? They began to use judges. They began to use courts as a way of falsely charging Black men uh, with dubious crimes in order to reacquire them as free labor. Because as we know, um, you know, as far as the Constitution is concerned, when you are incarcerated, your rights are suspended. And to this day, Black men, if nothing else, come out of prison unable to vote. that affects them on both ends and you end up wearing this kind of scarlet letter for the rest of your life but in this instance you had two white judges that were doing the same giving the same treatment that black men often got historically to kids right so again talking about different types of trafficking here's another one dailytimes.com this one is dated um january 2020 entitled cys caseworker arrested for trafficking promoting prostitution uh i don't know why this is in the way damn it anyway okay so her name is candace talley as you can see media courthouse a former delaware county children and youth service uh, services caseworker has been charged with human trafficking and other offenses after soliciting one of her clients to join a prostitution ring in the Philadelphia area, according to a release from Delaware County District Attorney Jack Stallsteimer, Stolst- uh, I guess that is. Right? Right? It's truly horrible and beyond imagination that someone who is responsible for ensuring the welfare of children would pressure their mother into acts of prostitution for her own personal enrichment and with the promise of favorable custody recommendation, as this defendant is charged with doing, said Stallsteimer. Uh, Candace Talley, 27, of Sicklerville, New Jersey, is charged with felony offenses of corrupt organizations, trafficking individuals, and promoting prostitution, as well as misdemeanor offenses of official oppression and coerced slash threatened of official act. According to the Affidavit of uh, Probable Cause, written by Delaware County Criminal Investigation Division, Detective Mark Bucci, Talley approached the 27-year-old victim in May 2017 and offered her an opportunity to make $1,000 per day while helping to get her children out of foster care. That suggests that there is a much more structured racket that goes beyond this one individual, at least to me. Have you guys heard much conversation about that after this article? Have you heard of this article at all, even though it's several years old? what happens when trafficking has nothing to do with men is it not considered trafficking anymore do people not talk about it because it's inconvenient and it doesn't fit the narrative that we've gotten comfortable with it continues tally knew the woman had been involved in prostitution and drug use in the past because she was she was able to access various government records and reports according to the affidavit tally tally came to the victim's home in may 2017 to discuss her children uh, at that meeting, Tally allegedly explained that she was involved in a prostitution enterprise involving approximately 2,000 customers. Tally explained that she assists the business by enlisting women to work as prostitutes and driving them to and from jobs, according to the affidavit. Wow. Driving them to and from jobs. You know, it's interesting what popped in my head the last, you know, last time I was thinking about black folk driving each other around, it was the Alabama bus boycott. Now we driving you know. <sighs> anyway. The victim said Miss Tally told her she could help her with her children's situation, implying she could assist having her children removed from foster care. Tally also allegedly told the woman she would only drug test her when she knew that she was clean and that Tally would switch the sample if she did test hot. Seeing an opportunity to make money and get her kids back, the victim agreed to work with Tally's associates. According to the affidavit, Tally allegedly indicated she would get in touch with her friend who runs the business for the pimp uh, and have the friend text the victim. The woman with Bucci and uh, CID Sergeant Robin Clark in, Jun- in June 2017, according to the affidavit, the woman met with them. Sorry. The investigators reviewed texts the victim received indicating the pimp would keep 50% of their earnings and that Tally would take half of whatever was left as her cut. Tally was taken into custody Thursday and arraigned before Magisterial District Judge Philip S. Turner Jr., who set bail at $25,000, unsecured with electronic home monitoring. So she got home monitoring for for participating in a deep racket, prostitution racket. Okay. Preliminary hearing is scheduled for February 10th, and it kind of goes on from there that's what we're talking about we still talking about trafficking is it still something that we're going to probe and delve into the depths of when men particularly black men don't have anything to do with it this is the the, the last piece i'm going to share with you guys today because i think it's interesting and important that we kind of cover this so this is a springer link right You find a lot of academic papers here. Uh, This one is entitled Female Offenders of Human Trafficking and Sexual Exploitation. Abstract reads, female offenders are seldom studied by criminological scholars. This is certainly the case regarding offenses like human trafficking and sexual exploitation. However, the number of women suspected of being a perpetrator of human trafficking should not be underestimated. In this paper, we present the results of a study on female perpetrators of human trafficking. We've analyzed the court files of 150 women Who have been convicted of human trafficking we present results on the prevalence of female offenders of human trafficking and the forms of exploitation they have been convicted for after this we present the sanctions that were imposed on the women and the offender offense and victim characteristics this paper concludes by discussing implications for criminal justice authorities policy and research here's the part that i think is kind of key uh, criminological criminal criminologists excuse me Seldom study female offenders. And this applies even more to women who have committed serious offenses, offenses, such as human trafficking and sexual exploitation. So, again, when I talk about chivalry, institutional chivalry, right, social chivalry, chivalry, we kind of have, again, an ongoing assumption that women's evil is not really evil. And it's as childish as girls are sugar and spice and everything nice. We don't go much beyond that after childhood. And you're seeing it even in terms of what criminologists, excuse me, study, right? So it continues over the period from 2011 to 2015, the Dutch uh, Public Prosecution Service registered a total of 1,332 suspects of trafficking in human beings. On average, 17% um, of that 227 of the suspects were women. In the Netherlands, this man-woman distribution uh, of roughly five, was roughly five to one, is more or less the same worldwide. 38% 38% of the suspected perpetrators of human trafficking are female, uh, 25 to 26. Um, women from Central Europe and East Asia are even twice as likely to be su- suspect of human trafficking than men, 68% versus 32%. So from Central Europe to East Asia, the rates of human trafficking initiated by women are twice that of men. Now, Last time I watched uh, you know, that movie Taken, didn't cover any of that. The public perception around this is simply that women are inherently innocent. And I'm not here to say that women should be attacked and criminalized just off the jump. It's not what I'm saying. The point I'm, ha- I'm trying to make today is that we have an, in, an, in, an in-baked, internalized idea that we should only criminalize men when it comes to issues that we consider important. And today we're talking about trafficking. And what we've seen in the number of pieces that I put up on the screen are either women or white men that are instrumental in this project. And most particularly when it comes to the women, we don't hear much about it in popular culture and mainstream society. And I think it, it provides us a, a blind spot in terms of how a lot of this is facilitated. a Serious blind spot and it contributes to the even furthering of the dismissal of black boys and what they experience. So I think it's important that I just wanted to put that on the table for y'all to think about. And I wanna hear your opinions about it because at the end of the day, this isn't something that I ever read about when I was in school. And this is not something I tend to see on the news or popularized on social media where articles are shared and they go viral Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen these kind of stories go viral. I wonder why that is. And at some point, I wonder what we're going to do about it. Because if that's the only difference, if it only matters when it's a man that can be caught initiating it, and that's the only time it matters, then how long does it take before the industry adapts to that assumption, if it hasn't already, and it more than likely has? We need to challenge this. We need to shake it up. We need to transform it. We need to deal with it in a very different way. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to find yourself wondering where your child is. And if the old model is all people are looking for, some strange looking dude running through the neighborhood in a in a, in a panel van, picking up kids. It's interesting. I just watched uh, that movie Black Phone came out with Ethan Hawke uh, a few weeks ago. Interesting movie, good horror flick, all of that set in the 70s you got a guy driving around in a black panel truck just kidnapping kids right off the street that's the that i think that is the primary assumption that is the primary assumption we make of who is actually doing what so not only kids but women and if anybody else fits in that mold we don't know how to make sense of it you got social workers who are being paid to participate in an enterprise and nobody talks about it and Very little is happening to them. And I'm not seeing any reports on what goes on beyond them in terms of, of any type of in- investigation. Right. So anyway, um, as I said a little earlier, this was going to be a short one because uh, I still got a lot of work to do. Uh, but I wanted to get this in and I wanted to put it, you know, on your mind. And I hope that you can continue to send me you know, information as you find it related to these kind of things, not just in terms of trafficking, but in other areas that we take seriously. How exactly? Are we implicated in these areas, hyper-criminalized when we talk about these areas, but we ignore cases that are considered non-traditional like these? But what we have to also remember is that in different places, certain parts of the world, not only is it not non-traditional, it's actually the norm. Because if you can have nearly 70% of women in, in Central Europe and East Asia involved in human trafficking, sexual trafficking, labor trafficking... And we don't talk about that whatsoever. How long before the United States is dealing with high rates of female trafficking? Yeah, I argue that whether it's labor or sexual trafficking is more than likely happening far more than we know, because we're not looking for, women for female traffickers. These articles that we covered are treating it like an anomaly. It's a surprise. Oh, my God, a social worker is doing this. If she's doing it, how many other social workers haven't been caught yet? especially if those that they are bringing in are making the amount of money that they've been promised. Where's the incentive for them to report on government workers who are participating in this? Right. And most particularly I'm interested in how this happens during a pandemic because what I tend to notice is that when the economy goes down, this kind of stuff goes up. You got people who are struggling. We're having record numbers of evictions right now people are reporting about not being able to rent anywhere i don't think prostitution is on the rise i know some of these brothers in this comment section can give you a dissertation on prostitution real talk i told you guys this a a couple weeks ago i actually did an interview um with a woman that calls herself a sugar baby a few weeks ago and she talked about She used to be able to charge $1,000 per meeting with a gentleman. Now she's over 40. Now she's trying to eke out $100 here or there for the same thing. Now she has three kids. She has no other skills. That's it. This is where we are. And if that's happening to her, and I'm reading about the cases I'm just presenting to you, what is happening on the ground? on a day-to-day level. What are people willing to do when they get desperate enough? Sex is just the beginning. I don't want to see brothers getting set up to be robbed. I don't want you being marked and having people following you. But that's where we're headed in terms of the economy we're looking at. When people get desperate, things get dangerous. And so I'm also bringing these kind of issues to you because where they come from may be an unconventional source. and it needs to be taken that seriously. Cuz when things get tight, people get desperate and they get creative and they get ruthless. And your well-being is not a priority when it comes to somebody else needing to eat. So fellas, I really want you to take care of yourselves. I want you to keep your head on a swivel. I want you to pay attention. If you got kids, I definitely want you to keep both eyes on them and what's going on. Don't underestimate anybody. I've reported before we looked at the 2020 maltreatment, child maltreatment reports, right, that those that are responsible for violating and abusing kids more than anybody else tended to have mothers. That was the primary group. But then somewhere in there, far less than mothers, you also had child care providers that were women. But that's not what we talk about. When we talk about the violation of kids. We're always looking for some guy in a panel van. Not the person running the daycare that you take your child to. Or God forbid, not your mother or your child's mother. Don't think about that. I hope you do. It's going to be a little bit of a short one tonight. I appreciate the support. Appreciate y'all coming through. Um, I have to go back and look through the comments. I apologize for not doing so earlier. I just wanted to kind of not lose my train of thought for a minute but I hope you'll continue to support, spread the word, and continue to share any information you run across as it pertains to what we're looking at. The variety of ways that men and boys navigate reality, navigate life, and the extent to which they're underestimated and devalued when it comes to us being mindful and protecting ourselves. Dardar says, my 38, don't discriminate. Who are you telling? Neither does my 45 I feel you so anyway let keep it like that hope y'all are good look forward to seeing y'all uh soon I'll holler. please I am here to tell you brothers we are not. Criminals by birth, perennial rapists, incapable intellects, man children, sperm donors, child support well springs, success objects, walking phalluses, ATM machines, lottery tickets, unintelligent henchmen, valueless assassins pro bono mercenaries unpaid bodyguards interchangeable stepfathers child discipline proxies unpaid repairmen workhorses emotional tampons or any other socially accepted dehumanizing stereotype we are thinkers inventors innovators leaders fathers and men embrace your humanity know your worth and extend your time, attention, and resources only to those who genuinely respect you. And remember, your worth is not defined by meeting other people's narcissistic, and selfish, and unrealistic needs. You define your worth. Peace.